hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. everybody what's going on are you having a good day i'm having a good day do you want to know why i'm having a good day because bar down breakdown is back me and mikey coming at you we have got an awesome guest it's in fact a big vibe we've got our homie andrew from seaway uh their uh, newest record we talk about a bunch in our interview but uh you know goes without saying big vibe is uh really a, a hell of a record and uh, we couldn't be more excited to have him on to talk a little bit about uh some hockey and uh seaway and some canadian punk rock uh but before we uh, launch into all that uh be cool to talk a couple of things um first and foremost uh i guess we should talk about the fact that even though we are not an islanders podcast this is very near and dear to us uh the islanders announced that they Signed Ryan Pollock to a two-year, $10 million deal, inked and ready to go. Uh, but that leaves a little bit of concern because you know, we've talked about the cap and what we've had. And you know we've said we've really had about eight to nine to spend. And spending five on Pollock doesn't leave much room for our superstar, Matt Barzel. So I'd love to hear what you think, Mikey. What do you think uh, Lou Lamariello is going to do? How do you think we're going to get uh, the capital we need uh, to ink Barzi, or are we going to just uh, try to get him on a bridge deal just to hold us off until we can unload some contracts? How do you think this is going to play out? So I, I think I saw the way that Pulik's contract is structured. It's more of a back-heavy contract. So okay. even though it is like a $10 million and like average AAV is about $5 million, okay, it's not like $5 million per year. So, like, the second year, I think, is a little heavier. Okay. Which then, I guess, leaves us a little more wiggle room. Obviously, okay. it's not enough wiggle room, mm-hmm. but it is a start. And I think that the buyout period is starting in a couple of days. So, we're recording this on November 5th. And the buyout window, I think, is opening maybe tomorrow, Saturday, Monday. Like it's it's really soon. So like that second buyout window is opening, and you got to think that the Islanders might be buying out some of those aging veterans. Um, we we shall see. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you would imagine that you know this might be the first domino that starts to fall, where this could now open up the floodgates. Kind of other teams are seeing what some of these young stud defensemen are making. And then usually one deal is just what sparks it. And then it, you, you just see it happen like every day. So hopefully that's what happens just to give us something to talk about. Sure. You know, the two years and being like a short contract for Pulak means that I 
like at least you know obviously behind closed doors we have no idea what's going on but i think pulak and lou lamorello had like a heart-to-heart conversation and he was like hey like you liked going to the eastern conference finals right well we think we could do it again if you throw us a bone here you know we'll throw you a bone after these two years I, you I know, don't know. Yeah. I, so for me, you know, and, and again, my, my perspective on, on hockey as a sport is, um, is, you know, can be skewed sometimes, you know, but, um, you know, you look at what Devon Tays ended up getting in Colorado. And I mean, he got 4 million, you know, a year over four. Um, I would expect that you know, Pollock was looking for something similar. Oh no, he was um, looking for more. I, I mm-hmm. think he's definitely our number one defenseman at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you could, that's probably a, a fair assessment. Um, but I, you know, it's, it, it's tough. Cause when you look at some of the deals that were made for, for defensemen and you look at kind of how they average out, um, you know, I guess Pollock was on the higher side of it. And, you know, I, I guess I wasn't anticipating that we were going to need that much money, but uh, when I saw what Taze signed for, I guess I had to sort of change where my my head was at, you know, because I, you know, here I am sitting here thinking that, you know, we could have, you know, got either one of those guys for three. But, uh, you know, my math is 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 skewed. And, um, you know, for the for what they do for the team, uh, you know, for what Pollock's going to bring to the team, I think that's a that's fairly what he's worth. But, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, the buyout uh, procedure in the NHL is. Uh, has a lot of different, you know, clauses and rules, but oh, I, I have no idea what the hell, <laughs> who can be bought out or like how much the team actually is paying in those. Buyouts. Yeah, there's, like, there's I a lot no of weird idea. stuff that goes, I, there's multipliers and cap hits and stuff. But the one thing I do know um, is, you know, because we're looking to buy out some contracts of older, you know, vet style guys, I know, um, you know, if you're over 26 years old, the team's responsible for two thirds of the, of the value of the contract. So, um, you so know, it, you don't even save that much money if you buy out, like say a, a Leo Komarov or, yeah, you know, yeah, even so, an Andrew Ladd at this point, like you're not yep. saving that much money. It's, it's best if you like put them on like a long-term IR or like mm-hmm. have them rot in the minors. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a lot of the talk of, of what could happen there, you know, uh, sending Leo to Bridgeport and just having him kind of spend the whole year there. It, it's just going to kind of be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Uh, as we've discussed before, you know, there's the timetable is interesting because, you know, we don't really have a concrete date of when the NHL is going to resume, uh, you know, operations for the, for the new season. So um, kind of just be interesting to hang on to it. So definitely wanted to, to talk about that before we uh, go ahead and get into our interview. But the other thing um, I did want to bring up uh, on the, on the music side of things, you know, so you'll listen to us, uh, you know, uh, chatting about Seaway and all that stuff. But I uh, just today actually um, ended up getting to check out the video for Mrs. David, you know, a tune that we talk about in the interview on uh, Seaway's new record. Have you had the chance to watch the video yet, Mikey? I have not. Ooh, it is like serious 80s vibes, like big time. Uh, it really is a cool video. I kind of like watched it once and I didn't really understand it. It's got like all these kind of weird espionage themes going on and like a little like 
I don't know. Uh, it's very, very interesting to see. But you do see, um, you know, the uh, you do see our, our our boy Andrew's stash in that video, loud and proud. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring that up because you know when you hear the interview, you'll you'll hear all of the the stash talk and and you know the unfortunate uh, circumstance around it. I'm not gonna give it all up to you now. I'm gonna make you listen to the interview so you can get your perspective on it. But super cool video. Um, you know, didn't even realize actually that, um, they had released a video for it and I just happened upon it today. So I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to, uh, to the band and the director on making such a cool video, uh, for one of the most unique songs on the record. Uh, so, uh, having said that, I'm not going to waste uh, any more of our time. We'll go ahead and, uh, get right into our interview with, uh, Andrew from Seaway and, uh, we hope you enjoy it. And again, big vibe, uh, you know, one of the best records to come out of 2020 so far. So make sure you check it out. Enjoy our interview. I like the way that you dress up the way your models for me. Yeah. I like that when I grab your hand, you tend to smile in your sleep. Yeah. I like the way you sprinkle bourbon in your morning coffee. It kind of tastes bad. I'm not mad. I like you put up with me and all my friends cause we're jerks. And bring me places like your beach house or a Jimmy concert. Yeah. I like how it's been days now since you watched that yellow. What's going on, everyone? Bar Down Breakdown back with you. Uh, this time, uh, we've got a, a heck of a dude hanging out with us. We've got our boy Andrew from Seaway. Uh, they just put out Big Vibe, which is uh, whew, it's a big hell vibe, of a record, man. man. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a big ass vibe, and we're pumped to have you on to uh, chat a little bit about Seaway, chat a little bit about uh, some Leafs hockey. Learn a little bit more about you, uh, Andrew. What's uh, what's what's been doing, man? How are you? I'm doing well, boys. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here, and thanks for the kind words about the record. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, man. We, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, still being in this pandemic, it's you know, I'm just chomping at the bit for new music to come out because it's like one of the things that's really the most exciting for me personally. You know, every Friday I get to, you know, check out all these new records. And, um, you know, when, uh, you know, I had you guys on my radar, I had you guys pre-saved on Apple Music for like, I don't know, six weeks. And, uh, you know, when the whole record finally, uh, I'll actually tell you, the first time I listened to it, I was meal prepping in my kitchen. And I must have listened to it three times all the way through because I'm like a, a terrible cook. 
and I'm so slow. So like while I'm meal prepping, like probably three or four meals that would take a normal human being 30 minutes, it took me like two hours. So, and I was like, well, I've got these pepper <laughs> hands, so I can't change it. So I'm just going to keep listening to Big Vibe. And uh, uh, I, ended up, I ended up really loving it, man. So I uh, love that. Just to, uh, just to jump into it. Um, so, I mean, like this record compared to, uh, you know, Vacation, it, it just, it just seems like bigger and it seems broader and uh just like the sound and the production on it just is like kind of big and and like bombastic almost and it just like the way the drums sound and, and the way everything um kind of kicks together is awesome so uh i guess just give me some insight on uh you know what went into the recording process for big vibe you know and uh how you ended up coming together and putting the sound onto wax which is just like huge yeah, well, I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you can notice that because we definitely put a lot of effort into uh, making the record sound that way. Yeah. Um, specifically with drums, like we this time we rented, like we did the whole thing in Toronto at um, with our buddy Anton Delos. It's like pretty standard size studio in Toronto, but then we did drums at this like really really nice massive um studio called noble street studios where they have this huge drum room like basically nothing like we've ever done before and we did that just to specifically for that reason with the drums to try to get like some really cool drum sounds and tones that we've never had before and um i i think it really paid off like we used a bunch of different kits we spent like three or four days in there just with like 20 different snares just really experimenting and that was kind of like we actually did drums last which is a little bit oh wow um, interesting yeah a little bit different but yeah for sure it's kind of the way we did the whole record like there was just a lot of experimentation and no real timeline uh for us to complete it so yeah just i think that's that results in the in the way the record sounds and how like you mentioned broad it is like we just spent a lot of time and messing around with tones and messing around with the songs themselves and i think that it really um translated into this like kind of broad open kind of no rules record that we we made so yeah i'm glad i'm glad you guys noticed that oh yeah absolutely and um i think uh that kind of shows you guys, I guess the best way to say it is, so we could listen to the record and you could say a lot of different things. Now, pop punk as a broad stroke term kind of encapsulates a lot more today than it might have, you know, 10 years ago. And then of course, 20 and 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I would say that this record kind of moves away from that pop punk stigma and i don't mean to say stigma in a negative way but it's moving from pop punk to more of a rock record now was that something that you guys were trying to achieve to try to branch out in terms of the composition or is it something that just happened because as you grow older you listen to different music i think yeah i think a bit of both honestly like we knew that we didn't want to just put out a another straight straight up pop punk record kind of like vacation um which i mean we all really like that record and that's what we were trying to do with it so um but yeah on this one i just it's definitely a bit of both like we didn't 
we we wanted to move away from it, but not like, oh, we can't do this because it's too pop punk. We can't do that. Like it wasn't like a strict. We're moving away from this sound, and I think that really shows. Like because there's still some songs that are like pretty pop punk songs, and it kind of just whatever lended itself to the song is how we went with it. It was very it was very like laid back, carefree. Um, the recording process compared to other our other records where we were kind of like, okay, like we, not to say that we didn't have um, an idea of what we wanted to do on this one, but it was just, it was way less pigeonholed than the last records, I would say. So sure. Yeah. A bit of both. And, and obviously yeah, part of that is us all being 28 years old yeah. and like, exactly. There's just a, a lot more to explore. So, yeah. So I'll tell you a, an interest, a funny anecdote. So my, um, my fiance doesn't like really listen to a lot of this kind of music. She's more, you know, like on the kind of top 40 spectrum, but every so often, you know, like a record will come out and I'll be like, Oh, you know, baby, you gotta listen to this. You gotta listen to this. So, uh, um, I put on, uh, the, the title track, I put on big vibe, uh, which I, I have a question or two about, uh, yeah. just because I, I mean, I love the shit out of the song. I really do. But so I put it on. And we listened through the whole thing and like my fiance is bobbing her head and I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. And then at the very end of the song, I'm like, ah, so, you know, so what do you think? And she's like, yeah, it's, it gives me heavy. And then she's like trying to, and she keeps saying like, she's like, what's the vibe I'm thinking of? And I'm like, eh, eh, like to try to get her to just be like, I'm it's kind of got this big vibe going on. And I was just going to like <laughs> do the Pee Wee Herman word of the day shit to her. But this is what she ends up coming out with she's like it gives me like a bowling for soup vibe and i was like oh <laughs> i was like why would you say that don't say that i'm like that's terrible she's like i don't know what to tell you so i, I can guess see that though. i can see it but I, I guess what you know in really what she means is like so that song is just um every little part of it like the first time i heard it i just kept like i kept smiling about it because it's the the kind of wit in the lyrics is just fantastic. Um, some of the little things like that little um, guitar break uh, after 1995. Yeah. Uh, it's just like everything about it is just so unbelievably catchy. So the question I have about that specific song is when you were writing it, like, did you guys like really realize like, oh man, like we've got like, we've got like a legit hit on our hands with this. <laughs> Or did it just come together and like you guys weren't sure about it? Like, I just would love to know how that came together, that particular track. I think by the end of it, we were like, okay, here. So that that song actually didn't like really come together until late into the like uh, pre-production process. We spent okay. like spent like two or three, almost three weeks, I think, just like straight on pre-production, working on the songs sure. and mapping everything out, and that was. There was a demo for that, like a really early demo that I had done, and we, it just never really turned into anything, but we always kind of knew it was there. We liked the, it was really just the chord progression and a couple of leads and stuff, yeah. um, and a few and a few vocal melodies, and then we basically had the whole record mapped out, and we were like, okay, let's do one more, just because we, we, like I said, we weren't really under a time crunch so we sure. started we started writing that and it 
it was like we spent like a eight hours working on that song and not really getting anywhere. And it which is crazy because it's such a simple song. But I think that was the issue. <laughs> it was just like hard to figure out where exactly it should go. Sure. And at the end of the session, we kind of came up with the, the chorus and the verse melodies. And at that point, we were all like, okay, this is going to be a single. Like, and the, and the rest of it, like, it took like a, another day for the entire song to be written. And it, it once we started to get it, like actually working on it, it came together so quickly. And we all kind of knew that it was a favorite. It was definitely a favorite of all of ours. And we we knew right away that it could be a single. So it was kind of a bit of both. Like it, it was kind of a slow burn in the studio. But once it started coming together, we knew that it was going to be a single for sure. And then, so the decision to to name the record big vibe and you kind of have a, have that eponymous track there. Um, did like, did you have the idea that the record was going to be called, you know, big vibe before that song came to fruition or was it just like, well, we've got to figure out, you know, what the title of this record, um, you know, let's use that. There's a little bit of like insight on, on why you titled it that, how it came together. It, yeah, it was after the song, and okay. we had a few, we had like a few names kicking around for the record, and kind of once that song became a thing, and we knew it was going to be like one of the lead singles or the lead single, um, we just kind of felt like it was a that song kind of encompasses the whole record and Seaway in general. I feel like it's such a perfect balance of what we sound like now, what we used to sound like. And sure. I don't know. And, and the record is so kind of all over the place, different sounds. I just, we just felt like that had to be the name. You know? Sure. And, 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 you know, I think that's kind of an awesome thing because so, so here you have that song, big vibe, which is just catchy as hell. And you're absolutely right. And kind of like brings your, you know, the sound that you guys had in records before to this record, but then a lot of the other tracks on the record are a, a big departure for you guys yeah. and i think that's a great thing because you know a seaway fan who might not have expected you guys to go in this direction will listen to big vibe and then be like wow what a great song and then listen to the rest of the record and be like wow i you know i never thought one of my favorite bands could go in this direction and then like it and not only like it but then it broadens their horizons because you know how people can get when it comes to following those lines of of the type of music I listen to, like I only listen to oh, melodic yeah. hardcore and I only listen to this and I only listen to, you know, Liz fair, like, I don't know, whatever, but <laughs> you know, like, but now, you know, you've got all of these fans who are now saying, wow, you know, uh, my favorite pop punk band is now like a, a rock band. And now I can listen to, you know, a band like hundredth who completely changed their sound and get it, you know? So I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a totally awesome thing for, for you guys really. Yeah. And I think the, as far as I've seen, the the uh, feedback's been pretty positive across the board. So I think it's a good sign that we didn't really go too far in a different direction. But mm -hmm. so we still have those fans. But like like you said before, like your girlfriend doesn't really listen to this genre or yeah. these kind of bands, but she's kind of into it. And I've and I've noticed a lot more of that, honestly. Like even our girlfriends, like they'll be like, wow. Well, they're like, we thought you were good before, but like some of these songs are like actually awesome, you know, which is cool to hear. Yeah. And, 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 and we've been getting that from a lot of friends who like good friends who 
like us but don't necessarily listen to us because it's just not their cup of tea but sure. really really like the record you know so i think it's a a good sign of growth all around absolutely and then uh one one more question and then i'll let uh mikey get in here and talk a little bit of uh a puck with you but um yeah. so so you know obviously you guys have had a long standing relationship with uh with pure noise since uh um really i guess you know 2015 when you guys did did colorblind um now you know pure noise i mean you know we we've, we've talked with with you know jake before and and we've talked with a lot of other pure noise bands and every single person we talk to just talks about how wonderful you know it is working with pure noise um so uh, the question i have for you is you know you guys really picked up a lot of traction between colorblind and vacation um did you guys have you know like any offers or opportunities from other labels uh with big vibe and just kind of decided nah like we're we're just going to stick with pure noise because they've always done you know good by us kind of deal yeah we didn't even really entertain any like we we re-signed with pure noise before vacation even came out just because oh, wow. like yeah. just because we i don't know we like they're so easy to work with and we've mm -hmm. been working with them for so long and jake is just like a good friend at this point and sure. i don't know like we kind of talked about it like should we wait and see what else is out there but at the end of the day it's like why walk away from something that good and it really is such a great working relationship like for this record jake was just like yeah like i don't even really care what you guys do just go do whatever you want and it really re i think the record really really benefited from that not like not as in not like before he was saying like oh it's got to be like this and this and this but there was definitely more like communication and input about the records um yeah. But at the end of the day, it was always our call, but there was always just like, we would have conversations with them about what the record was going to sound like. And I honestly don't think he had any idea what this was going to sound like until he heard. Like, yep. but, and I, I think that's, that's an record. awesome thing. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, you know, you've got trust in them and they've got trust in you to know that, you know, you're not going to be like, Hey man, we decided to go in another direction and put out a bunch of Frank Sinatra covers, you know, like, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, and, and they, you know, they trust that, you know, you know, what your audience likes and how you can bridge that gap between having new sensibilities. So, yeah, I've, I, you know, ever since, you know, we've we've had Jake on and talking to all of the people who have worked with Pure Noise, they just, you know, talk about how, how great he is. So it's awesome to hear, uh, you know, that that relationship is is still kicking, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great people over there. And yeah, like I said, there's just why walk away from something that good. So. <laughs> Now, Andrew, my question is, um, you know, you, you, you brought up Anton DeLost, and that is a name that gets mentioned a bunch on this podcast, and maybe because we talked to so many Canadian bands, but, like, it does seem like he is pushing bands' boundaries to kind of get out of their comfort zone. So do you accredit Anton for, like, you know, helping transform your sound and, and you know, produce Big Vibe the way you guys wanted it to come out? Yeah, I would say for sure. Um, and a big part of that is we're, we've been like really good friends with, like he did our first record ever in 2013, Hoser. Like we were both really young and we've, we've known each other since then and even before then actually. So we're kind of just like really good friends. So there's no like weird producer artist relationship in the studio. You know, there's no weird tension. It's just like, 
if if I wanted to do something and he was saying, oh, I think we should do it like this, I I have would have no problem being like, fuck you, Anton, we're doing it this way. <laughs> um, and, and the same the other way around, you know? So it's, and I think that is what really helps or helped on this record. It was kind of just like, he was completely open to whatever we wanted to, wanted to do on a song and like rolling with that and helping us expand on that. Um, but then also, yeah, like he, if I came at him with something like a certain song or idea, he'd be like, what if we do it this other way and start exploring like a different avenue? So I'd say, yes, he definitely helped us. And, and that kind of started with our last release, Fresh Produce, was, which was like um, a B-sides and alternate version thing of some of our old songs. And it's when we went in with him for that and really just started getting crazy on some songs, <laughs> like <laughs> just some weird like pop versions of songs and stuff. And that's when we, that whole process like really kind of convinced us to do our next record with him just because it felt so natural and so easy to work with them again. And, and also that was like our first time working together in like, five years and both of us had grown so much since then so yeah cool so i guess i have to bring up mrs david then because that is like like probably the song that stands out the most to me is like being so different than like the traditional seaway sound yeah and I like that. you you would imagine that like maybe someone like the diehard seaway seaway fans would be kind of like turned off by it because it's not not like the traditional pop punk i would say it's like a straight pop song like top 40 song and yeah. when you i was just like curious like oh i wonder how like seaway fans are reacting to it and it's like you know your top five song at this point are you guys a little surprised by that uh kind of yeah kind of because it is so different but i also think like the chorus is is to me like straight pop punk like it sounds like weezer or well maybe not straight pop punk i guess it's pretty pop but I always I I felt like that song always still sounded like Seaway, you know. Um, but yeah, that's like that is my favorite song on the record by far. Like I just think it's such a well written good song um, and super catchy. And that one was actually that happened. We had recorded the entire record and it was done, and then COVID hit, and we didn't really know what we were going to do like a release date because it was supposed to come out in the summer originally and the release date got pushed back and we weren't really sure when we were going to release it so like we were all in lockdown and i kept writing just because because we were we had just come out of the studio so was, we were kind of in a in a writing mode and i like messaged the guys and anton and i like sent them a demo for that song i was like should we do this like <laughs> seems like we got time and everyone was really stoked on it and we went over to the studio and kind of finished the song we're like okay yeah we have to do this and then it ended up being my favorite song and one of the singles so yeah that's an interesting one for sure and then i guess i do want to just talk like first week numbers because you know it was a, it's a huge success and you know speaking of like you know the canadian music scene when you have numbers like that where you're breaking on like you know billboards top 200 and all that like you 
have to be brought up in like a Juno conversation, I would imagine. So like, are you starting to get wind of that? Like maybe you guys could be nominated for a Juno. That would be pretty cool. I don't, I don't really know. I think like we have to, maybe our manager, I think has to submit us for it, for that. And I'm not sure if that's happened yet, but that would be pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if a lot of your listeners will know what Junos are, but (laughs) now they come up because, you know, they, they're, there have been a few of our artists who have like been nominated, like for example, like Cone from Sum Forty One, and like oh yeah, yeah, it was just so funny because every single time that they were up for a nomination, they lost a Nickelback every <laughs> single time. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so funny. See, I don't even know what we'd be nominated for. I don't even know if they have a rock category anymore, but it'd be cool. Maybe it'll just be best pop record. I could see that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just kidding. Uh. So um, I guess before we just like keep talking big vibe the rest of the episode, one thing I did notice is you guys did that sweet collaboration with Violent Gentlemen. And were you able to get your hands on one? Because they sold out super fast. No, I don't have one, but I think there might be a jersey coming soon. So oh. we'll see. <laughs> That's what's Yeah, those up. guys those guys are sick we've we've gone to their like warehouse a couple times over the years and great people so yeah we've been we've been talking to them about doing something for a while so seems like it's actually happening now so keep your eyes peeled for that one hell yeah i love it i i'm all about like those collaborations and like they've been doing more and more of them recently and every single one of them sells out like within the day which is yeah i was i was completely shocked because we, whenever we do like a merch drop or something, it never sells out right away. So. <laughs> no, that was really cool. Good stuff. And then I guess we can make our transition to, to our hockey talk. And I, I, I really wanted to make the transition when you were talking about the drum production. Because when I caught you guys here in Charlotte, North Carolina, a few months back, actually maybe a few years back now at this point, with uh, Free Throw and Young Culture, and yep. I think Heart, Heart Attack Man was on that tour, too. And the whole time I'm watching you guys, I just could not stop looking at your drummer because I'm like, is that fucking John Tavares? Like, from <laughs> the distance, I just could not, like, take my eyes no. off him because he's like a John Tavares doppelganger. Have you I ever can, gotten that? I've never, no, I've never heard anyone say that. But now that you say it, I can totally see that. <laughs> Especially when he's drumming sometimes, he gets, like, all serious and has that, like... <laughs> stone face on him <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah so i guess that that could be our transition so we got john tavares tom and i are islander fans we're not going to beat a dead horse but oh what the hell <laughs> <laughs> how did i get into this situation? <laughs> no but we're, we're not that's like the good. typical islander fans like writing dear john letters and crying over it we're, imagine we're not... that was our whole imagine that was our whole angle though like we sat here and just buttered you up about like how yeah. good your new record is and, the, and then we're just like oh and by the way fuck the leafs yeah <laughs> like, lace into you right now but nah he what what might i mean i can is, take it i can take nah, it listen man sure. you know we you know healthy rivalry is run one thing and uh, you know it's always good to have but like we're not your islander fans that you know are, are gonna harp on about you know, losing Tavares because to be to be truthful, and I've said it more than once on this podcast, if it wasn't for losing Tavares, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, 
had Barzi step up to the plate and really realize how great of a player he is uh, this past yeah. postseason, notwithstanding. But still, I mean, you know, you guys it, have been better without him. I, and I, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. So that's why, you know, where a lot of other Islander fans are, are just, you know, chomping at the bit to lace into Leafs fans where we're not, we're not really there. So we're, we're definitely not going to go there, but um, you know, obviously it's, um, it's been, been a rough go for the Leafs the past couple of years, um, you know, in terms of kind of putting together some great teams and not quite getting, you know, getting, getting through in the, in the playoffs. So, you know, from your perspective, what do you think, you know, this team needs, cause they've got, you know, some, some superstars, um, but you know, obviously they need to work on a couple of things. So what do you think some of the keys for them putting together a contender are going to be? Well, I actually really like what they've done this year. Like, um, bringing in Joe Thornton and Simmons and Bogosian, all these older guys and yep. Brody on Brody is the big one. That's the one that like really, really matters. Cause you give Riley someone to play with, um, yep. finally, but yep. I, I really like those additions just because they're like they're straight locker room guys. And yeah. even if they don't produce that much, it's that's not what they're there for. You know, like we the top six is who's going to produce the guys that they're paying all the money. So but I, I really think that those guys will have an impact in the locker room and hopefully turn things around a little bit because I think that they are almost there and and like they've been good. and the the fact that they keep losing in the first round just gets absolutely blown up out of proportion, <laughs> especially just because it's Toronto. Um, so I feel like I feel bad for some of those kids, but I I think they they are so close. But maybe that's me just being a delusional Leafs fan. <laughs> no, I I must say like that, like picking up Thornton for like as cheap as you guys got him for. Like basically, like league minimum, I would imagine. And yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, he's that locker room glue guy, and yeah, he's old, but like he's in way better shape than any one of us. Like he is, like yeah, still exactly, and crushing it. It's it's a it's like an absolutely no risk signing because, I mean, he's he's not gonna play twenty minutes a night. He's gonna play maybe ten, fifteen if that and i don't know i think he's i I still think he's got game left like he's he's slow but he's never been fast right so yep that's what a lot of people are saying like why would you bring this slow guy and he's never been fast and he's 40 i don't even know how old is he 42 43 like he's still kicking around so i think that's a great signing and simmons i really like from toronto from scarborough like it, that that'll be a good signing, and he's been injured. He's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years, so we'll see if. Apparently, he's back to full health, so we'll see what he's got. I'm excited though. Yeah, I, I must say, like you know, watching the Islanders not really do much this off season, and then like seeing them go after you know Simmons and and Thornton, I was just like, man, like why didn't we do that? Why couldn't we have done that? Like we need some some like bottom six scoring. And like both of those guys can do it and they can produce. Yeah. And, and you guys got them for cheap. Like, obviously we wouldn't want them if that like was like a two year, couple of million dollars, but like both of them are like basically making the league minimum. And it's like, man, that that's a slam dunk, especially since like the, the Maple Leafs are always 
just so crunch for the cap. Yeah, like it, it's. I'm happy that they're they were able to sign those guys, and the, the, there's guys like that that are willing to come to Toronto and take a haircut on money because um, the way that they're paying their top guys, it's like this is what it's going to be every year, right? Yeah, it's going to be trying to get veterans or free agents like Jimmy VC that have something to prove um, on the cheap. And it's going to be like that for a while because the cap's not going up. So yeah. We'll remember see. when v- VC was like the most sought after like free agent. Yeah. Like right out of college. And Toronto, Toronto tried really hard to get him because I think his dad was an agent or sorry, a, a scout for the Leafs at the time. If I'm not mistaken, man. But yeah, they, I'm I'm glad they didn't go for him then and overpay him because now he's on like a seven hundred thousand dollar contract. So yeah, and then also like what you mentioned, like having those veterans in the locker room, especially with how crazy the Maple Leafs media is. Like exactly, yeah. I hate to say it, that was one of John Tavares's weaknesses as a captain is just like yeah, his robotic like, you know. I, I hate to say like overly professional, like BS, like robot answers after like, yeah. you know, like after he loses a game in overtime or like his stick breaks as he's like taking a long shift when he shouldn't have been. And then like he's getting interviewed and it's just like always the same robotic response. And it's just yeah. like, man, like be a little mad, be a little pissed off, like show yeah, some you, emotion. Yeah. You yeah. want some fire, man. That, that's what you want. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that, that's one thing with, with, with Johnny was, you know, even, even if he was robotic, I mean, he was just so fluid. Um, you know, even when he had his little ticks, I mean, it's just like, you know, he really is one of those, you know, kind of once in a lifetime players, I think. But, uh, um, I don't know you're talking about VC. He was, um, he was the Harvard kid, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. okay. So he was the one that like the Rangers like got and there's all the Ranger fans were like, "Wait, check out what we got." And then I think he oh, scored yeah. like like 15 goals or something. But <laughs> yeah, you never know. It changes scenery, man. Sometimes you know, working in a different system, having different people to 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 you know, to play around with, you know, you can end up being um, you know, being something. I mean, you know, you you think about that. I used to think about that in baseball cuz I was I was a you know, big Met fan. You always talk about you know, the players that would leave the Mets and go somewhere else and become like, you know, superstars. And, you know, when they were on, you know, the Mets having a cup of coffee, they were terrible. And I feel like sometimes that, you know, that happens in hockey too, where it's just, you just have a, a resurgence and uh, you can make it happen. happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he plays into your, um, you know, into your cycle there. But uh, yeah, I think you guys got, uh, got a lot to, um, you know, to be happy about. I know, you know, with the Leafs, everyone was always, you know, hemming and hawing about defense and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, with you guys scoring, you know, Bogosian and, you know, TJ Brody and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, could be a good season for y'all. Yeah, we'll see. I, they they definitely have a lot of guys on D now, so I don't really know how it's going to all play out. Because they also have uh, Miko Lettinen, who's like the, he has, he's never played in the NHL before, but he's like, one of the best or the best defenseman in the KHL right now. So I don't know if that'll translate. They've been, they've been doing that a bunch over the last couple of years, like getting free agents from the KHL and they got, um, Ilya Mikheyev last year and he came out of nowhere and was sick. So I, I don't know. I'm excited for him, um, on the back end. Cause I've seen people say that he could be like a 
he probably won't be, but people are, say that he could be like a top pairing guy. So we'll see. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, as Islanders fans, we're going through the same thing with, um, with Sorokin. I mean, you know, supposedly he's, you know, supposed to be like the next, you know, best goalie, uh, yeah. you know, like in the NHL, but you know, he's never, never, never laced up and played a game for, you know, for the Isles yet. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out too. You never know with the KHL, man. Like, that they there's so many like busts that come over that were like superstars there and then they come here and they do absolutely nothing but, exactly yeah god it's it's I, tough to it's tough to say and some of them yeah some of them work out and some of them are absolute busts so but it's it's worth a shot if especially like if the leafs in this cap situation like it's another thing they're gonna have to do it's like veterans and guys from the european leagues that can't ask for any money yeah yeah for sure so i've i've got a quick question for you um you know talking about uh um you know the khl and and, you know over in europe and stuff so i know you guys um you guys ended up doing a a a european tour was it uh 18 or 17 was it i I forget the year um i mean i I think you've you've done yeah we well we've gone to the uk a bunch and we've only done mainland europe twice i think it was 18 yeah so, I mean, you know, being hockey fans while you were over there, I mean, did you kind of get any chances or experiences to kind of like see what, um, you know, how, how Europe kind of plays into, you know, hockey, you know, be, I know obviously when you think of Europe, you just really think of, of, you know, of football and that's really it, you know, soccer, yeah. but, uh, but you know, obviously places like, you know, Russia and Sweden and Finland, all those kind of places. Did you end up going to any, any places that were really hockey friendly or? Have any experiences not, being over in Europe and having hockey not, talk with anyone? Not particularly. Like we, no. we we've never gone to Russia, Sweden, Finland. Um, okay. Spent a lot of time in Germany, but never really got to go check out a game or anything, which okay. is too bad. But hopefully one day. I mean, we do it all the time in the U.S. Like, well, every off day we're looking for a hockey game or a basketball game or a baseball game or whatever. So we've been Sweet. lucky enough to do a lot of that, but. Never, never in Europe. So do you have a, um, you know, like a, a favorite, uh, arena that you've seen, you know, so far, uh, that, uh, you know, you've gotten to check out while you're on tour? Um, nothing really, I mean, I have been to the Coliseum and that was a bit of a shock. <laughs> so, <laughs> in in a good actually, way or a bad way? Both. Like, <laughs> I... I could not believe that I was in an NHL arena because <laughs> there was one concourse. Oh yeah. And like three bathrooms in the whole place. <laughs> but I I like I really liked the vibe of it. Like it felt like I was just in like a an OHL arena or something. Like I don't know, it was just it but that was also the that was so that was Johnny T's first game back. Oh my god, you were there for that? I was there. <laughs> because um yeah so like well first of all Tavares coming to Toronto was like one of the biggest things ever it was, we were playing a f- festival the day before in Quebec um and we were like supposed to stay overnight and we we just like there was all these rumors that <laughs> Tavares was going to sign in Toronto and it was Canada day so we ended up driving all the way back from like Quebec City overnight to Toronto just to be here and we partied all day whatever but <laughs> as soon, as soon as we um as the schedule came out 
me and a couple guys like thought it would be a good idea to go to Long Island for Johnny T's first game back. Um, and it was just nuts. It was insane. <laughs> so did you get like the whole experience? Like were you guys out there tailgating all day? No, we we were going to and then I mean what so when we like booked flights and bought tickets and stuff, we're like, oh, there's gonna be like a ton of Leafs fans there. Like because the Leafs fans travel well all across the country. Like um we've been to games in LA and stuff and there's tons of Leafs fans. Um but <laughs> Like, we were staying with a buddy on Long Island. He was like, yo, like, there's not going to be any Leafs fans there. You guys are crazy for doing this. So, like, <laughs> we ended up just staying at his place, and we showed up. We showed up, like, kind of late, right before the anthem. They were all warming up, and everyone was just – I could not believe, like, the animosity towards him in warm-up. And I felt so bad. And I walked in there, and I was wearing a, a Leafs Tavares jersey, and we were all wearing Leafs jerseys. <laughs> like, everyone's yelling. We go to our seats. There's no Leafs fans anywhere. <laughs> and there's, like, four guys in our seats. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm not asking these guys to move right now. Like, these absolutely wasted, massive <laughs> Islanders fans. And then we, saw, we ended up seeing, like, on the they they just sat on the wrong side, so there was four seats on the other side. So we just went over there, sat down. The guys behind us were like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Out of all the seats in this place, we got these seats behind these fucking losers." <laughs> <laughs> and it was rough, but like once you guys started killing us, everyone got a lot nicer. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was not a good decision to go to that. Game. No. It was it was like I'll never forget that experience though. It was so loud. It was like the loudest sporting event I'd ever been to by far. Yeah, that that's one thing that you can always say about the Coliseum. Like no one is ever gonna go to the Coliseum and be like, Ooh, you know, nice digs around here, man. Like you're most likely no matter where you go, you're probably like close to like a pile of asbestos or maybe like <laughs> stepping through the floor. Um, but if, if there's one thing anyone who's been to the Coliseum can say when it's rocking, dude, it's rocking. No. And yeah. That, like, it was nuts. that place when it gets loud, it, it shakes. Like it actually shakes. Like, like you're like, am I safe? Am I safe? <laughs> yeah. you, but yeah, I did a, not feel safe in there. No, you know, especially you probably didn't feel safe there when the barn started rocking, nor did you feel safe there when, you know, anytime Tavares touched the puck, it was like. You know the, oh, the the loudest amount of oohs after the B that you ever heard, bro. It's insane. It was nuts, yeah. But I no, I like honestly loved the arena because I don't know, yeah. Like we were in the upper level, but like it's still so close. So um, and the the funny thing about it too is like so when you're an Islander fan, you've been to like 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 Mikey and I have when you've been to like fifty or sixty games at the Coliseum when you actually go to like a real like NHL <laughs> arena, like yeah. it blows you away. Like, so Mikey and I, we had the pleasure of, uh, so I live in Orlando. So Mikey and his, and his whole group went to Tampa uh, to, you know, check out a lightning Islanders game. And like you walk into, into the building, into Amelie and you're just like, you know, you got lightning fans that are passing by you that are like, what, what are these idiots looking at? We're sitting there like <laughs> mouths agape, just looking. We're like, what is this? Like, what? How is this even real? Like, this is 
this is what hockey is like in other places. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, like what's your problem, man? Like <laughs> yeah. you, you could not believe it. Like we're sitting there just like looking at this state of the art stadium and we're like, what are we missing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get, I, and I get why you guys are Islanders fans in general, I believe were pissed off when they were playing at Barclays. Right. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I Cause I, I went to a game there as well an Islanders game and it was like not not great at all <laughs> for hockey. No. Um, and it, I enjoyed and the it was a beautiful it's like a beautiful building but it's just not yeah. made for hockey. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Coliseum was much much better. And are they are they redoing the Coliseum? Not redoing it. So they're building a brand new building right oh, okay. right where like the Belmont racetrack is. So it's still on yeah. Long Island. And it's just so funny that you like, you know, mentioned the, the single concourse at the Coliseum and like, I'm sure you waited at a bathroom line for like 45 minutes and missed half a period. Yeah. yeah. And like the owner, as he like goes around and does like his like, you know, ribbing cutting ceremonies and all that kind of stuff. He keeps bringing up like, yeah, we're going to have the most bathrooms in the NHL. And like, <laughs> fans of other teams are probably like so confused by that like why is this owner coming on tv bragging about the amount of bathrooms that <laughs> that he has but like <laughs> as an islander fan that is like the number one request is like can you just please have enough bathrooms like please <laughs> yeah that was rough but i loved it i loved it i love the old jumbotron that they have in there that like looked like it was from my local rink when i grew up playing <laughs> it was sick though i honestly and like we all walked out of there being like that was one of the best experiences i've ever had at a hockey game if not the best even though we were scared for our lives and you know the funny thing about long island is um i feel like long island has always been um like really like really big on on Seaway because the first time that I had ever heard of heard of you guys was like like hoser days yeah um, and and I mean like I I you guys were always popping up on shows you guys were always popping up whenever uh, you know Long Island did their like little like fest that they did um, and you know it was a community that was always good to you guys because like you guys were always great to us I mean you know you guys were always um, super enjoyable to watch and stuff. So like other than, you know, Long Island and, and obviously, you know, your, your hometown, are there any other places that you've played like multiple times around the country that you kind of feel like it's like a second home or you've got a great relationship with like any other cities that you love? Yeah, there's a bunch for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, Long Island's always been great. Just, I feel like it's cause we went there like on our first ever like East coast tour. We went to Long Island and we just kept going back and, we have a lot of friends on the island, so um, we still love going there. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like Chicago, one hundred percent. Denver is always like really, really good for us for some reason. Um, but yeah, like I'd, I'd say Chicago is up there, just because we have a lot of friends there, and the shows are always great. Um, there's a lot, and it, like New York. Um, but yeah, I'd say like Chicago and Denver are probably like awesome. the best ones. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Chicago, um, cause I know you guys have, have toured with, um, with knuckle puck before. 
Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, so Chicago seems like it's one of those kind of up and coming meccas for, uh, for this kind of music. But, um, but I feel like so is Canada. Um, I, I'm going to let Mikey take this because Mikey is just, every time we talk to a Canadian band, he always just gushes about like the, like the, the pop punk scene and the rock scene in Canada and how it's just buzzing. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you take that Mikey, because I know you have a, a huge opinion about it. Well, I just honestly, like, you know, we, we've talked to Jake and I'm like, man, Jake is just scooping up all these awesome Canadian bands. And like, he definitely has a pulse, a pulse on Canada, but like, you know, there's even now, you know, with dear youth in Montreal and then like all of the Toronto bands, you know, the, the, the Barons, the like Pacifics, like there's just so much amazing pop punk in Canada, but like. I don't know. You guys are also all transforming your sound. And like a lot of you are now leaning more towards that pop side. And like, it's just, it's so cool to see, like, especially as you guys are maturing the direction that you're taking, like the, the pop punk scene into. Yeah. I don't know. Like there, I mean, there definitely are a lot of good bands in this area for sure. And, um, I feel like it's always kind of been that way, but yeah, like the ones that have kept at it and stuck around, like are all doing really cool things. Like, yeah, bearings, they're just like a straight pop band now. And it's so good. Um, I think like Pacific's doing another record right now. I don't know what it sounds like, but yeah, that one might not be as pop, but (laughs) (laughs) you never know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's just like a, a, a really good, kind of group of bands here and and a bunch of good producers too. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, for sure. And like, God, who knows what's going on with this pandemic that like, you know, you bands might just have to do your own chores up in Canada and who knows what's going to happen here in the States. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like we were kind of looking at Canadian tours next year, but who knows, man? I, I mean, like, the the virus is it's definitely better up here, but also the there's more restrictions, you know, there. And it's just so hard to I, tour in Canada, especially Western Canada. Like I was talking yeah. to some of the bands out there and it's like eight to ten hours between cities. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. It's it's fun to do, especially like or in the summer and spring, but in the winter it's it's deadly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll tour Canada or maybe even Europe before the States. I don't know. It all seems so far away. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we might have another record out before that happens. <laughs> oh God. <Jeez>. Imagine. <laughs> oh God. So I guess I, you know, I, I did hint that I caught you guys in, in Charlotte. Um, but you were on tour with free throw who are also huge, huge Nashville predators fans. So like, yeah. was there a lot of back and forth with those guys? Like, you know, being rival, you know, fans of rival teams. Yeah, a bit. like we, those guys are really cool guys and we've known them for a long time, but that was our first time touring with them, I believe. Um, and yeah, those guys are just amazing to talk hockey with all the time. Cause they really know what they're talking about and they really love it. So it was a great time just to, crush beers with them and talk hockey watch <laughs> hockey yeah if, it, if it's one thing Corey's good for it's hockey and professional wrestling and uh <laughs> yeah 
And uh, I think also maybe magic cards. I don't know, but like he's he's a trip, dude. He's uh, he really is. But uh, so I I have one last question uh, for you. Um, you know, just want to get a little bit of insight. So I know you guys um, ended up uh, going out with some forty one. Uh, I I think it was in in twenty eighteen. Um, and I'm just curious about like what that experience was like. I mean, because some forty one, you know they might not be the premier band, but they're probably one of the bands, you know, coming out of Canada that um, really took pop punk from being, you know, you know, you, you like, you like Green Day's Dookie. Okay, cool. You like, you know, uh, you know, Dude Ranch from Blink-182 or you got so little into when it boomed in the late nineties and early two thousands to what it was. So what was it like going out with them? Um, and like, how did it like, bridge the gap from like kind of those guys being a little older and maybe pioneering it to a band like you guys who were kind of, you know, kind of waving the flags now. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to do that tour and to like meet those guys. Cause yeah, like when we were growing up, they were huge here and I guess in the States too, but here oh, yeah. they were, here they were just massive and they were like the only Canadian band kind of doing that at the time. And we all, we were, we all were obsessed with them when we were kids. So to to do that tour was really, really cool. And they're, and they were all really cool guys too. Um, yeah, that was just a really, really neat experience. And then we played with, we actually played with them, um, in Toronto at like the, um, echo beach, which is like, I don't know if you guys have been to Toronto, but it's like the exhibition it's on the water and just, it was a, a outdoor concert last year yeah i guess last year um and that was really cool because the one the tour we did with them was in the states so to do it here in toronto was insane yeah i, I can't even imagine like I, I mean like it just you know some 41 you know we're, we're kind of the mainstays of you know anytime you turn on uh you know mtv2 over here but i'm sure you know for you guys much music over there i mean yeah. like you couldn't you couldn't you know go 30 minutes without seeing the video for, you know, fat lip or hell song or, um, and it's funny, we, you know, we had cone on and like, you know, we're, we're kind of going through the interview and I was like, I just got to ask about hell song. And he's like, I knew you were going to ask about hell song. Everybody <laughs> asks about hell song. And he was like, yeah, it's really funny. Like we didn't even get permission to use half of the likenesses. We just went and fucking did it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> for you guys, man. But, uh, yeah, not it was, and it was, it was really cool to like, hear some of those songs live that because i hadn't seen them since i was a kid and i and you just hear songs that you hadn't heard in so long and it's like damn this band rips and just to hear it every night and they were so good too yeah and i and i think that's something that's kind of wild i think that you know so i kind of alluded to it before but you know so you had kind of the first wave of it and then you had the next wave of pop punk that you know was kind of like the early to mid 2000s year you know, your fallout boys and, you know, all those kind of bands. And, but when this type of music started getting popular again, you had some of these bands that came from that era to come back. And that's all we were hearing is like, you know, a band like good Charlotte who like, I never really listened to good Charlotte much, but like any band that had ever like been on tour with good Charlotte just talks about like how professional they, they were and how good they sounded. And like, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of hear the same thing about, uh, you know, bands like, uh, you know, like newfound glory and now hearing it about some 41, it's just like, you know, these guys are really pioneers of the industry. And if they can be around this 
kind of blossoming scene again, it's great for everybody because, you know, it, it reintroduces younger people to this music that paved the way for the newer music that they like. It's just all kind of cyclical. I think it's great shit. I really do. Yeah. And it's good for bands like us to tour with those kind of bands. Cause those bands were massive. Right. And they're yeah. all like true professionals and they really like, they, they really made it all of them. So it's cool to like learn from them and just also watch them perform and stuff at such a professional level. So yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, so I lied. I do have one last question for you. Uh, this is this is going to be a quick one. So um, right now, if you had to pick your favorite album that's come out in 2020 so far, what would you say it's been? Oh, putting you on the spot. I know. <laughs> can I say our own record? I mean, Ooh. hell yeah, you can. <laughs> um, let me. It's uh, a tough one. Okay, I haven't really listened to anything that's come out this year. <laughs> oh no! Um, so I'm gonna just get, gonna go ahead and say our own record. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Um, I mean, yeah, Tom, I got I mean, one more question before you wrap this up. Sure. Okay, I'm not wrapping it up yet. I'm not. All right. Well, Andrew, I think I saw that you got rid of your mustache. Is this true? I did. Yes. What's up with that, man? Like I... you guys were really looking like an '80s like porn star band and now you guys are, are one less stash well it will be back very very soon for <laughs> sure it doesn't take very long to grow back but i just i every like two years maybe i'm just like oh, i gotta shave it all off and i always regret it immediately and then i won't shave for another two years basically so it'll be back yeah that that I, i'm a beard guy and like every once in a while, I'm like, all right, let me just like shorten it up a bit. And then like I go too short and then it's like, fuck, like it's going to take me so long to grow my beard. Back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I usually just like keep my mustache always and then shave around and then let it grow and then shave around and let it grow. And then I made a, a grave mistake the other day of just shaving it all off. So. All right, sorry to bring up so, such sad memories. No worries. <laughs> that's that's the way we're going to end this interview on on the sadness of of the loss of mustache. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I feel like that's not the right way to go out, but it is the way we'll go out. But uh, right. um, Andrew, man, it's been such a pleasure uh, chatting with you. We appreciate the the time you've taken to be on here with us and talk a little bit about Seaway and um, and uh, you know your your least love and uh, hopefully. Uh, you know, once the season is back in swing, uh, we can have you back on and chat a little bit more, uh, you know, about the, you know, the happenings of, uh, 2020, 2021, um, again, big vibe, just a tremendous record, um, you know, for our listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to it, um, just go, just go do it. Just go, go on Spotify or Apple music and just listen to it. Track one to track, I think 11, right. I mean, it's just, dude, it's, it's so good. Um, and if you weren't a Seaway fan before, you'll be one. Trust me, you'll be one. And um, and that, that's and that's all I got, man. Uh, again, we really appreciate you. Um, you know, keep doing awesome stuff. We'll keep our our eyes and ears out for uh, when this uh, gnarly pandemic ends and you guys are back on the road. Because you know, we'd love to see you. And uh, you know, lastly, if uh, you know 
you want to uh, throw a little bit of well, not you guys don't have any cap space. I was going to say if you want to throw some cap space our way, you you can. But I forgot that you're paying like three players like forty million dollars. So eh, forget it. Yeah, we don't have any of that. <laughs> nah, it's all good. But uh, all the best for you guys. Hopefully, we uh, we'll have some stuff to talk about once hockey comes back and we play each other. And you know, John Tavares dunks like four goals on us, and the entire island sinks into the sea. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. You bet, I appreciate Andrew. it. Of course, man. You have a good night. Let's do it See again. You. Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we were catching up on Monday's news. With every sip out of your mug, I knew, I knew. Time was running out and crowding the room. Oh, my bad for you. My bad for you. again on the other side after a fantastic interview uh really just great to to get to chat with uh with with our buddy andrew from seaway um you know talking all about their their new record which is awesome uh you know which uh you'll see a couple of those tracks on our our playlist so go make sure to check them out if you haven't had the opportunity yet um but man that story he told us about being at the coliseum um you know for that first game uh, tomorrow's coming back. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ballsy, that's just man. Unreal. Like, and, and like, so like I, you know, I, um, I, I had an experience once where I, uh, I went and saw a Mets Phillies game at citizens bank park, but that's just and, like a um, random Mets Phillies game. Like it wasn't like even like a playoff game or anything like, but the, but the reason I bring extent. it up is because like, you know, they're so notorious for being such terrible, terrible fans that like, um, you know, the person I was there with, like, pl- like was pleading with me not to wear my Mets jersey. She was she was like, don't do it. Like, you're not going to have a good time. Like, it's going to be bad. Don't do it. And she actually talked me out of it. But, you know, these guys go full bore leaf sweaters into the most hostile territory you could even think to go. 
So I got the, so much credibility on that. And he because, said he like, was wearing a not even just a Leafs jersey, but a Tavares Leafs jersey. <laughs> like, oh my god, that that's like so so intense. And like, oh, it really is the fact that he said the the fans like, yeah, they gave him shit in the beginning, but like the fact that they didn't give him shit the whole entire game actually surprises me. Me too. I mean, because you you know. There's there's one thing we can we can both agree on, and that's that um, the Islanders fan base isn't comprised completely of of people like us. Like we're very fortunate that the people in our circles are true hockey fans who have an appreciation for the game, the sport, and have a, a deep love for our team. But there are a lot of Islanders fans out there that are just belligerent pieces of shit, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no way to sugarcoat that. And, uh, and it's, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough building to be in sometimes. And I know you can, you can relate because we've been to some games with some people that have been towing that line of being a little belligerent PC of shitty, you know? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I mean, For sure. but you know, kudos, man, that is, that's a wild story to hear. And, um, I just you wish know, just, that he, he got to experience the tailgate because yeah. Uh, you know, I've been to arenas around the NHL, and there's not so much of that, like, that's left. And, you know, y- y- you kind of are-, are raised to just think that that's normal. Yeah. And it's not really. Like, that is special to the the Islanders and a few other teams at this point. Yeah. Other no, than you're... that, man, like, some of these buildings are in downtown areas and yep. you know you obviously can't do that and that was probably what the biggest like you know negative part of going to brooklyn was is that we couldn't do that tailgate and you yeah. know it is also fun to go to arenas that are in cities and you're like you know what i can just like park my car at the hotel and not have to worry about driving at all and i can yep. just go ahead and like walk everywhere i can go yeah that, but it they're just totally different experiences and yeah you know even <laughs> you know think about the times where we were like you know what let's be like really responsible let's try to like get a bus or get a get a like taxi to the coliseum from deer yeah. park mm-hmm. and it is almost impossible oh yeah it is almost impossible and like it, it's it is probably way more inconvenient for people that are on like the eastern end of long island to go to games than it is like for us to just go to brooklyn yeah i mean realistically like the the only smart way that you could safely have gotten to the coliseum other than like chartering your own bus would have just been like which we've done we've done that before but it would have been just like taking the train to mineola and then like an inexpensive cab ride from like Mineola to the Coliseum or yeah, something dude. like and that. And I've like, done that before and I've been stuck at that Mineola train station at that what's that bar called? Like Oh yeah, I know exactly or something like, yep. like something like that. And yeah, like being stuck there until like four o'clock in the morning or whatever, because there's not that many trains that run from Mineola back to Deer Park or back to Babylon. Yep. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I mean like, it's it, it it definitely was not always easy to get to the Coliseum from the eastern, you know, Suffolk County the eastern end of the long island but it's still you know one of those experiences man part of the charm it's part of the charm and (laughs) you know there's nothing like seeing like seven to ten guys 
lined up against the fence that faces the Marriott and they're like all taking a piss and like they're like no it's good like I'm facing this fence that's completely transparent (laughs) facing this hotel that has windows looking at me but it's cool because I got the fence here (laughs) and like that's their logic oh it's it's airtight that logic is man it it really is (laughs) but uh you know like we talked about in the interview I mean you know we've been to other buildings and stuff you know uh, how beautiful Amelie is and you know, I'm sure as you go around Canada and, and get to the West Coast, they have beautiful buildings there. And just, you know, the charm and the ethos of the Coliseum and just how hard it rocks is just what makes it so unbelievable to be there. But, you know, if you're looking for amenities, you know, seats, <laughs> yeah, amenities and seats that seats that don't rip your pants open, you, you know, Coliseum is where you want to be if you want to get your jeans ripped halfway open <laughs> by a by a sharp seat. That's what you want. and. uh We've lived it. We've been it. But it's, it's you know, it's a little sad to think that, you know, even though the Islanders are now getting a state-of-the-art arena, that, you know, the, the, the charm of the Coliseum is gone. But it is what it is. Uh, and if it attracts more people to go to, uh, you know, UBS, and if it attracts more players to want to come and be a part of our franchise, you know, I'll, I'll swap not being able to see the cup raised at the Coliseum in my lifetime, as bittersweet as it is. But um, Having said all that, we don't want to take up too much more of your time because you've listened to this awesome interview that we did with Seaway. Go listen to Big Vibe. Go check out our playlists. Um, If you haven't already, uh, check out our Instagram and our Twitter, uh, our website. We've got some cool contests that we're running. Uh, We're doing, you know, not only our uh, our our um, with uh, you know our giveaway with the with Bendy Shades. Uh, we're also doing, uh, in conjunction with the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, uh, another cool giveaway, aren't we, Mikey? Yeah, so um, one lucky fan will be going home with the authentic Adidas jersey of their choice. Um, yeah. Whichever show on the network gets the most engagement on that post will get to pick the winner. So if you want the winner to come from Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go to our pinned tweet. We pinned it for your convenience. Just go <laughs> give that tweet some love. Give it some retweets. Tag some of your friends. Get them to retweet. And then uh, if we end up getting the most retweets on the network, we would get to, to pick the winner. Hopefully it's one of you guys. And uh, you get to pick whatever Adidas authentic jersey you would like. It doesn't have to be an Islanders jersey. It can be any should team. Be. Should it be. Should be. It should be. But this is not an Islander <laughs> podcast, so you might be a Arizona Coyotes fan and want a sweet Adidas uh, Kachina jersey. So there you go. Actually, if I won, I'd probably go and get that because that's such a sweet jersey. Uh, <laughs> and I have too many Islanders jerseys, and I, I need to have a little less blue and orange in my life. Expand but, the wardrobe. Yeah. That's, that's what they call it. Make the adjustments. Yeah, and we're but- like... 99% ready to drop our new merch line. Uh, more is coming very, very soon, like really, really soon. So maybe yeah, even by the time this episode drops, you might know what I'm talking about. But um, oh, yeah, we got those two contests. Go enter them. Uh, it's completely free and just fun. And it helps the, the podcast network, Hockey Podcast Network. It helps Bar Down Breakdown. and. Uh, we appreciate you for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you get, you get some, some extra time. You're, you're hanging out. 
you're you're trying to figure out what to watch other than the Great British Bake Off, go to the Hockey Podcast Network and check out some of our our other affiliates that are doing great stuff because it really is super cool. Um, you'll you know if 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 you're just listening to us and you're sick of hearing our stupid dumb voices and you want to go check out one of their podcasts, I guarantee you'll love it because we love it all too. So we're proud to be a part of the Hockey Podcast Network and to have such uh, great content creators as part of our network. So do make sure you go check them out if you get an opportunity. We would appreciate that. And that's all we got to say, man. So, uh, you know, keep in touch with us. We always like to hear what you think about our episodes. If you uh, have any guests in mind that you think we should reach out to to get on the show, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, you know, we, we want to keep creating content that you guys enjoy. So uh, if there's anyone that you think that uh, would be a perfect fit for this, send us some names, send them our way because yeah, we, we got love names to- coming. We got names coming. So you want to make but- sure you subscribe so that you do not miss any of these guests that we come in, got coming up. We can't tell yeah. you who, but you're going to want to hear them. Yep. We can't tell you who. And even if we could, we wouldn't because, you know, that's not how you sell a podcast. You got to keep them <laughs> in suspense. Amen. And that's what we're doing, boys. We're keeping them in suspense. But listen, we appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Bar Down Breakdown coming in hot. All right, Tom. It's been real. Peace be with you. And also with you.
Enforcer Base Podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would uh, be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada, you know, I, it's not bad, you know. It's Enforcer-based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from.